Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Hey, well, good morning and welcome to Activate Online. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you just take a moment to get yourself comfortable. This morning, we're looking at commandment number six on the Ten Commandments. So we've been going through a series called the Top Ten on the Ten Commandments. We've done the first half, the first five, which you can check out on our website if you haven't heard them. This morning is week number six. Open up your Bibles to chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 13. I have spent a lot of time this week memorizing this verse off by heart because it's got four words in it. So it's doable. Here is commandment number six. It is this, you shall not murder. Church, look at me. Don't kill anybody, okay? It's seriously frowned upon in the Bible. Just don't do it. Don't even, even trying to do it is also frowned upon from a legal perspective. So let's just not do it. Great. Thanks for watching. It was a great Sunday morning service. Have a great week. No, I'm just joking. But it actually, there's not a lot more to it than that, right? But fortunately, Jesus kind of addresses this topic in the New Testament and has a bit of a different slant on it. So let's have a look at that. Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 21 and 22. He is delivering what we would call the Sermon on the Mount. So he's sitting on the side of a hill. It's nice and grassy. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon. His disciples are there. There's a crowd around him. And he's just kicking back, man. He's monologuing, he's throwing some ideas out there, he's unpacking scripture, he's teaching, he's preaching, everyone's having a great time. And then he makes this statement, and I'll paraphrase it for you a little bit, but you can look it up in your Bibles, uh, Matthew 5, 21 and 22. He says, you will have heard it said from days of old or from the older generation, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. And I think everybody there would have gone, yeah, we've heard that said. It's only one of our Ten Commandments. It's like a really big deal, Jesus. And they probably, if they were anything like me, would have felt pretty sweet right about then. You know, when you go to church, the preacher gets up and starts preaching on a topic and you're like way across it, like you're way ahead. Like you've done all of the work on that. You've done all the personal growth in that area. And you're like, oh, I, I'm already nailing this topic. So I can just kick back. Don't have to worry about conviction. Don't have to worry about working on anything because I am all over this. I bet that's what they were all like when he said, I'm going to start talking about murder. They would have gone, oh, that is not something that I have to worry about because out of all of the commandments, that's the one I'm smashing right now. That's the one that I am so on top of. I mean, honor your father and mother. Oh, I did kind of yell at dad earlier. You know, um, keep the Sabbath day. Oh, I did a little bit of work yesterday. Do not lie. You know, I'm failing miserably at that in the last hour. But do not murder. Yeah, got that one pretty well covered. So Jesus, preach away. That guy might need to listen a little bit harder. But uh, in fact, I'll be looking around to see who's getting uncomfortable. That could be, you know, make sure you don't sit next door to those guys. But then he goes on to make a statement that would have ruined all of it because he said, I say, he said, I say, if you're angry with your brother or sister, you're subject to judgment. In other words, he says, I, I think the punishment or the potential consequence of being angry with someone is the same as murdering them. And I would have been like, say, say what? Uh, <laughs> what did you just say? Because it sounds like you just said that I'm not even allowed to get angry, that getting angry is wrong. And actually, that's not what Jesus is saying. Even though it looks like it, if you're reading the NIV version, the NIV has been a little bit unhelpful here. Uh, there's a little footnote to that verse that says other texts have got a little bit extra in here. 
and a lot of the other translations do. And that little bit extra, I think, really changes the vibe of what Jesus is saying. Because in the King James Version, it doesn't say, hey, if you're angry with your brother or sister, then you're in trouble. The King James Version says, if you're angry with your brother or sister without a cause, then you're in trouble. And those three words, they make a big difference, right? Uh, the Passion Translation says, if you are angry, if you hold anger in your heart, is the way the Passion Translation puts it. And so when you start looking at these other translations, you realize actually there is a subtlety to what Jesus is saying here that is not immediately obvious when you read the NIV version. What he's actually saying is, I'm not talking about you getting snotty at someone because they stood on your toe. Or you know maybe someone's done something horrible and you've just reacted to it like, ah, I'm not talking about that. He says, I'm talking about this, this anger that takes a hold of you, that takes root in your heart, that becomes bitterness, that partners with unforgiveness. And the, the Greek word that we translate without a cause in the King James Version, is literally, it literally means in vain. So there's no purpose to it. There's no reason for it. There's no justification for it. You're just, you've got this deep, deep anger that is infecting your whole spirit towards someone. And you can't even remember why it was to start with. Or if you can, it was so long ago, but it's just enveloped your whole being. It's a sort of anger that turns to hatred. It's the sort of anger that when you hear that something horrible has happened to them, like they got hit by a bus or something, there's a part of you that goes, well, you know what? They blimmin' deserved it. I don't, I'm not even sad. It's that kind of thing. And so what Jesus is saying is, hey, let's, let's acknowledge that murder doesn't just happen in a vacuum, that there's a process that you go on, that murder is an external reaction to an internal reality. And you guys want to talk about murder? I want to talk about anger. You want to talk about the outside? I want to talk about the inside. And so Jesus says, hey, let's park murder. Let's have a conversation about anger. And so that's what I want to do this morning. Let's park murder. Let's just don't do that. But let's have a conversation about anger. But I just felt this week, I don't know why, to just spin this right round and do the complete opposite of what you think I'm about to do. Because I know that you think I'm about to say, right, team, here's three ways that you can control your anger. Here's five things about why anger is naughty. But I'm not going to do those things. I've actually got a message this morning, and I'm going to call it, let's say, three, um, three things that prove that it's right to get angry. Okay, three things that prove it is right to get angry. The first one and let me just say, there is a qualifying statement at the end of this that is really important. So don't listen two-thirds and get two-thirds of it and go, right, Josh says I'm allowed to get real mad at people. Is a qualifying statement coming. But just hear me out. The first reason why I think it is right to get angry is because we have been created with an ability to get angry. We can, all of us, get angry. We get angry. It's part of our DNA in the same way we can be happy, we can be sad, we can be you know, frustrated. We've got this full range of emotions, but one of the most powerful emotions that we possess is this emotion that we call anger. And you see it in little children, like you don't have to train kids to get angry. You don't have to say, hey, look, I'm going to teach you about how to, how to feel anger. Man, they just feel it. Even before they can walk, they get angry about the fact that they can't walk. Before they can crawl, they're angry that I can't, can't reach that toy. And you touch something of theirs and it's Rah! before they can even talk, right? They get angry. And since as science sort of develops, 
we now know that there's all the stuff that goes on in our bodies. When we get angry, there are switches that get flicked in our brains, there are physiological reactions, there's chemicals that get released. There's no doubt in my mind that if you believe that God created us, you must believe that God created us with an ability to get angry. Like it has to serve some kind of purpose. Otherwise, God wouldn't have done it. So God created us to get angry. That's my first point on why it's right to get angry. Second point is that Jesus got angry. The Bible tells us all over the place that Jesus was perfect. Jesus never did anything wrong, never made a mistake. So if Jesus never did anything wrong and Jesus got angry, that must mean that it's not wrong to get angry. It is right to get angry. Uh, there's a beautiful story in John chapter 2, which, which I just love. And I don't know if I'd want to be there at the time or not. Maybe I'd, I think I'd probably want to just hear about it afterwards. Because in John chapter 2, Jesus rocks up to the temple. And it's the week of the Passover. So just to set the scene, the Passover for the Jewish people, which we just had uh, the week before Easter. It is the most important time on the Jewish calendar. And so all throughout the year, there's sacrifices and, and, and feasts and festivals happening all throughout the year in the Jewish calendar. And for a lot of the Jewish people, they can observe them and do their sacrifices and present their offerings at home, you know, in their hometown and their local, uh, you know, altar, that kind of stuff. But for the Passover, no, that is not good enough, man. If you are a proper Jewish person, then you hike to Jerusalem, whether it's two or three days away or a week's walk, whatever it might be, and you offer your sacrifice at Passover at the temple in Jerusalem. That is what you do. Now, when Jesus turned up to the temple, it wasn't filled with people offering sacrifices. It wasn't filled with people praying or worshipping. It was filled with people selling animals and trading money. It was a marketplace. And he got angry. He didn't just get angry. He went postal. And here's what you have to understand. He wasn't just grumpy that there were people selling cows in the temple. Although if I turned up to church after this lockdown and you're there trying to sell a cow in the auditorium or in the sanctuary, I'd be a little bit ticked, <laughs> to be honest. So that's enough of a reason for him to be mad. But here's what he was really mad about. We know from other passages in the Bible and from other historical documents that what these uh, market people were doing, what these stallholders or merchants were doing, is they weren't just selling animals. They were ripping people off. Because if you want to offer a sacrifice in Jerusalem, but you live a week away, you can't drag a cow with you for a week. It's not practical. Or a goat, sheep are useless, so stubborn. And so what people would do is they would go, okay, I'm not going to drag my cow there. I'll just take some money and I'll buy a cow when I get there and I'll sacrifice that car. Or I'll sell my cow at home, take the money from that and buy a cow there. And so they would turn up to the temple wanting to connect with God, wanting to offer a sacrifice to him, wanting to worship him through their offering. And then they couldn't do it because all the prices had been jacked up. Because these, you know, these savvy businessmen and businesswomen had gone, well, you've just walked here for a week, buddy. What are you going to do? Turn around and go get your cow? You've got to make a sacrifice. You've got to do it now. It's this price or nothing, mate. And they were scamming people and they were making it harder for people to worship God, harder for people to make their sacrifice. And that is like red rag to a bull, man, when it comes to Jesus. You know, they say the worst place you can be on the planet is between a mother bear and her cubs. Nah. The worst place you can ever be on the planet is between Jesus and someone that's trying to connect with him. It is such a dangerous place to be. And Jesus, all throughout the Gospels, you will see him getting 
angry anytime the Pharisees try to make it difficult for people to connect with him. You know, there's a story of the guy reaching his arm out on the Sabbath and, and Jesus healing it. And it just says that the Pharisees were dark on it. And Jesus was like, oh, gosh, you're driving me crazy. So you know, he walks into the temple and he sees all the stuff that's going on. And I love it. You got to read the story. He goes ape. He gets hold of a rope somewhere and he starts threading it together and he forms it into a whip. And then he just starts whipping everybody and he's whipping the animals and he's kicking the cows and he's saying, get out of here. And he's grabbing the tables and tossing the tables over and money's going everywhere. And, and he sees the people selling the doves. And in John chapter two, it says that he yells at them. He says, get those birds out of here. I mean, the guy just goes absolutely nuts. It's the sort of thing that would have made the news, you know, if they had news back then. Jesus got angry. And so I think it's right to get angry. If Jesus got angry, it's right to get angry. And the third reason that I think it's right to get angry is that the Bible tells us to get angry. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Let's look at the King James Version. I love this. It says, Paul writing, he says, Be ye angry. Be ye angry. And do not sin. And he makes this statement. He says, and do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. Or the King James Version says, neither give the devil a place uh, or give place to the devil. That, that phrase, do not let the sun go down on your anger, almost everybody thinks that it means you're not allowed to get angry at night. Or if you're having an argument with your husband or your wife or your significant other, that you, you must get it sorted before you go to bed. Otherwise... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. You'll have a good sleep and wake up in the morning and, and finish it. But that's not what the Bible is saying. Look, I'm sure it's probably really good advice. I mean, I would say if you can sort an argument out before you turn out the light, then, then try and do that. Uh, for me and Liz, sometimes like when you're super tired at the end of the night, you're not thinking rationally. And I'm sure that sometimes we would have been better to just go, you know what? You love me. I love you. And let's just park it. Kiss, kiss. And we'll talk about it in the morning. It's not what that Bible verse is saying. In The Lion King... Got some Disney in here. In The Lion King, Mufasa is standing there, you know, big Mufasa, 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 and Simba, and they're having a conversation, and Mufasa says, you know, look, Simba, everything the light touches is your kingdom. Uh, except, what about that shadowy place? Oh, it's beyond our borders. You must never go there. Anyway, he makes this statement. He says, uh, the time, you know, the sun will set on my time here and rise on you as the new king. The sun will set on my time here. And when we hear that, we know what he means. What he means is that my time is coming to an end. My time is going to finish. My time will be done soon. When I say the sun is setting, I mean it's going to be over. And that's exactly what Paul is saying when he says, do not let the sun set on your anger. He's saying, don't, don't let the anger go out. Don't let the fire go out. Don't let the passion uh, you know, for justice or whatever it might be that's inside of you go out. Keep that fire burning. So I think it's right to get angry because God made us to get angry. Jesus got angry. The Bible tells us to get angry. But here is the qualifying statement before you just start nutting off of people and say, Josh said I'm allowed to do it. Idiots. What I'm saying is this, it is right to get angry when you get angry about what is right. And that's the thing. We have to get angry about what God gets angry about. Now, God is not angry at people, so we don't get angry at people. God is not angry at our politicians. We don't get angry at our politicians. The Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's there in black and white. It's in Ephesians, right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. That means if what I'm getting ticked off about has flesh, and I presume inside that somewhere blood, I'm barking up the wrong tree. 
I'm, I'm literally fighting someone who I'm not supposed to be fighting. I, that's not who my battle is against. Our battle is against powers and principalities and spirits and all that kind of stuff. So we don't get angry at people. We get angry at, at things like injustice. We get angry at poverty. We get angry at, at you know the vulnerable having their rights taken away. And we go to God and we say, God, what are you angry about? And here's the thing. Righteous anger should lead to righteous action. Right? Godly anger should lead to godly action. The reason that God has created us with this ability to get angry is so that we do something about it. We stand up and we say, no, you know, this is not okay. I'm not going to sit idly by. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can do that. We can go, well, it's not affecting me. Well, what's the point? It's going to happen anyway. And we just sort of head down, just carry on. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning, even challenge you this morning and say, you know, God gets angry about stuff sometimes. And we need to get angry about the same stuff that he's getting angry about. It is right to get angry when you get angry about what is right. Here's a question for you, and I'll finish with this. When was the last time that you got really angry about something that you knew God was angry about? When was the last time that happened? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, right? Be ye angry. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Let's use what God has given us to fire us up, get excited and passionate and angry about the stuff that God's excited, passionate and angry about. It's a bit of a different twist on where perhaps I thought I was going to go uh, with this message, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a great week. Have a think about what I've talked about this morning. Let me pray for you before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, the fact that you have made us with an ability to get angry. And when we look at Jesus, we see that that anger led to righteous action. God, that he was so motivated and inspired and, and driven by this emotion that he was feeling, that he did something wild that you know you would never sort of consider Jesus doing. And so, God, I pray that you would teach us how to recognize what you are angry about and to, to partner with you in that and to use that to motivate us to do what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.